is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan, your host, and as always, I'm very thankful that you're listening. Uh, before I get started, I have a couple of announcements. The first being, I sent out an email here the other day asking the question, would it help you if we were to include AFAA, AFA, continuing education credits, CECs, along with the ACE CECs that we had last year at the conference. And I literally got hundreds of responses saying, yes, we would really benefit from having those. So um, I have instructed uh, Heather Swati, who is our director of continuing education here at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. She has been in contact with AFA, and I feel very confident that uh, within, say, the next 30 days, we will have confirmation that we will be providing both AFA and ACE credits at this year's conference, which is September 30th through the 2nd over in Boston again. should be very exciting. should be very fun. A combination of free motion and Kaiser indoor cycling bikes with power. Not necessarily just for people with power, though. There's going to be plenty of takeaways for instructors who are still teaching on conventional bikes. And uh, we've got a lot of exciting things planned. Barbara Hoots is conspiring uh, to uh, do some very cool stuff with lighting. Uh, we've got a live band that's coming uh, for our opening ride, and it's all looking it's all looking good. Uh, so I'm hoping to see you there then. Second thing is the Indoor Cycle Instructor podcast is available on the Stitcher Smart Radio Network. And what Stitcher is is a application that you can download and install for free on either your iPhone or Android smartphone, and it will stream uh, podcast episodes, ours and lots of other really good ones like uh, Cadence Revolution, for example. It's a convenience factor, I think, actually more for the Droid users that maybe aren't as used to updating their phones uh, through their computer as uh, Apple iPhone users are. If you go to stitcher.com or just Google Stitcher radio podcast, something like that, you will find them. Uh, there's a link to download the app. Again, it's free. And then when you're signed up and you have the app installed, just search for indoor cycling and you will find us. Uh, one note that uh, I'm very excited about is that they are quite exclusive as to who they add to their network. iTunes, pretty much anybody can create a podcast and they will host it for them. Stitcher, because it's advertiser driven, and you'll see it on your app when you're looking at it, there's a little ad that runs at the bottom, but they're quite selective as to who they allow on their network. And so I'm very excited about that. And if you get a chance to use it, find out if it's of value. I'd love some feedback. John at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. So what follows is an interview I did and um, where we're discussing, is yo-yo dieting good for you? The author of uh, an article that was actually forwarded to me by ICI Pro member Clean Matthews says, yes, 
yo-yo dieting is, is, is not a bad thing and actually it's a good thing. And so we'll get to that. But before I do, I need to mention that our free podcasts are sponsored by Cycling Fusion. And they will actually be presenting at our conference this fall, offering as pre-convention certifications for both initial certifications. So if you're contemplating becoming an indoor cycling instructor and you're listening to this podcast to decide if something that's something you want to jump in on, that will be available as well as a power training certification for those of you who are lucky enough to maybe have a room full of Kaiser M3s or the new free motion bikes with power and really want to amp up your level of education. I would encourage you to check out cyclingfusion.com or when you're doing your registration for the conference, a couple of the first options are those pre-convention certifications that are fully described. You can find those at indoorcycleinstructor.com forward slash conference. So now on to my interview with nutritionist Catherine Talmadge. We're going to find out all about yo-yo dieting, and actually we're going to get into a little bit to her book, Diet Simple, which has just a score of quick tips that you could potentially offer to your class. So I hope you enjoy it. Catherine's joining me right now. Welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Well, thank you, John. Good morning. Well, you know, when I look at your book, you know, you've appeared on just about every potential television show that's available. And so I'm very thankful that you are willing to take the time to talk to us. Oh, anytime. I'm honored. Yo-yo dieting. You're not supposed to do that, correct? (laughs) Oh, I love that introduction. A little provocative. So maybe we can get some good people to listen in because this is so important. A new and interesting study has found that yo-yo dieting isn't as bad for us as we thought. In fact, it may be just fine. The National Institutes of Health, in fact, found that after they reviewed 28 studies, that there was no harm in what they call weight cycling, what we more popularly know as yo-yo dieting. They said there's no convincing evidence that weight cycling in humans has adverse effects on body composition, energy expenditure, risk factors for heart disease, or even future efforts at weight loss. And another major study, the Weight Control Registry, which has followed thousands of people for the past 15 years who've lost from 30 to 300 pounds and kept it off, have found that many of them try dieting several times before they're finally successful. So my point in saying that yo-yo dieting is good for you was actually to never, never, never give up. Right. Well, I saw that in your article that you were quoting Winston Churchill in that. <laughs> and you also have a, a book that we're going to talk about here in a minute. It's called Diet Simple. But in there, you were going at the, there's a lot of psychological things going on with people. And I realize that you've done a lot of behavioral studies. You're educated in that sense and that, you know, when you're yo-yo dieting, you obviously have successes and then failures, and they may have a negative impact on your next attempt. Can you explain that a little bit? Actually, the studies show they don't. Really? That with every attempt, you learn something. 
that's what the theory is. And what, because so many people have lost weight and gained it back many times, and they are finally successful, what we figure is with each attempt, they learn something. It's very similar to quitting smoking. Uh, smokers historically try many times to quit, and at one point, most of them are successful with one of the tries. So, and of course, there may be psychological discouragements with a lot of people who yo-yo diet, and 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 they think that they shouldn't try again. But that's psychological, not physical. And what I want to stress to people is never give up. It's always worth trying. I mean, are you going to tell somebody who keeps trying to be successful in their career to to give up after a certain amount of tries? Good point. Excellent point. <laughs> no, no, in fact, in fact, John, we know the most successful people in life roll with the punches. They're flexible. And when negative things happen, they pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and start all over again. All right. Well, help me understand. It's been my perception, you know, I'm a victim of advertising or the media, however you want to describe it, that when we're weight cycling, I guess that's a light way of saying that, that the upswing tends to be a little higher every time. Is there, is there real evidence for that? Well, it, there can't, I, you know, I haven't seen that scientific evidence, but of course we all have clients who experience that. And I think sometimes people get more and more frustrated and psychologically and um, give up. And, um, and it's sad. It's very sad to see that, but it doesn't have to be that way. I have not seen real scientific evidence that every time they're on the upswing that they gain more and more. But, I mean, it could happen as we age, our metabolism lowers, and it's easier to gain weight for that reason and maybe others. But the scientific evidence is pretty clear that weight cycling does not have negative impact on us physically. In fact, there may be a positive impact uh, this study that just came out was looking at rats, and, you know, I don't like to think that I'm like a rat, but <laughs> okay. I may be more like a rat than I'd like to think. <laughs> well, no, I'm looking at your picture here. You're very attractive, so oh, I, would, I, would never, I, would never, I would never compare you with a rat. So. But anyway. But, but metabolically, we're similar, correct? Well, in some ways we are, and... I just think the study is very interesting. There were three groups of rats, okay? So there were obese rats, which stayed obese. There were healthy, lean rats. And then there were yo-yoing, dieting rats. And the research found that the yo-yoing rats lived as long as the healthy and lean rats. And the rats who stayed overweight lived a 25% shorter lives. So... While the research was done on rats, and you can't completely apply it to humans, it really does um, match some of the things that we know, some actual scientific data we already know about humans. <clears throat> now, this is me, of course, looking at the study in a positive way and finding ways to 
make sense of it um, so that I can communicate that with my clients. And that's what we registered dietitians do. Our job is to take the science and communicate it in a practical way so that people can use it in their daily lives. And so I, when I saw that study, I thought, wow, you know, it may be that it could be true in humans as well, and it matches some of the human research that we already know is true about weight loss and calorie restriction research. Explain that further then. Okay. I was hoping you would ask, but I didn't want to be so long-winded. No, no, that no, it's fascinating to listen to you. Thank you. I think it's this is so interesting, John, because calorie restriction research, it's so compelling. And our bodies go through amazingly positive changes when we're losing weight. And many people, I'm sure many of your listeners have discovered that when they're losing weight, they really feel good physically, mentally, in so many ways. And there's scientific research explaining why. When we're losing weight, our blood glucose and blood fats are lower because we're burning more calories than we're taking in. That sugar and fat doesn't hang out in the bloodstream. It gets burned off. That means insulin is reduced, and when blood glucose and blood fats and insulin are reduced, that has huge implications on reduction of heart disease risk, cancer risk. It reduces oxidative damage and aging. It, it makes for more youthful hormone levels. In fact, we know that when people are losing weight, their, their, their insulin need decreases um, their risk for heart disease rec- decreases, cancer decreases. Their, the growth factors related to cancer, the inflammatory factors related to inflammatory diseases, that all goes down when you're losing weight. So it may be that even if you spend a quarter of your life losing weight or restricting calories, that that benefit adds up and gives you a longer life. If six months out of the year you're really watching your weight and you are eating healthfully and you're exercising and so you're, that, and that, that has impact in your body and that positive impact may add up by giving you a longer life and a healthier life. So what, so what I'm hearing you say is that if, if you only did it for half the year, it would be better than doing it not at all. Yes. That's what the study with rats seems to suggest. And I then think about the human studies and think, well, you know, in human studies, that would make sense because we do know that these benefits do occur in the body when people are losing weight. Um, And it could be that if people spend some of their lives doing that, that that adds up. Think about it. So if you're gaining weight and you're eating unhealthfully, you're adding to the plaque in your arteries, you're increasing your blood glucose and your insulin in your bloodstream, your hormones and growth factors and inflammatory factors in your bloodstream are very negative. So during the time that you're losing weight or watching your calories, burning more than you're taking in, that's reversing. 
and you're actually maybe decreasing the plaque in your blood vessels. You're, you're achieving more useful hormone levels. And even if that isn't 100% of your life, if it's half of your life, a third of your life, a quarter of your life, or even one-eighth of your life, that may be giving you advantages for your whole life. Exactly. Forgive the, the comment on vanity, but do people look better when they're dieting? Or, I mean, I, I mean, I would argue that the thinner, I mean, thin, fit people look better than obese people, you know, from a physical physical perspective. But, but, um, I mean, is is there truth to that, you know, rather well, than just subject or my subjective appraisal of people? Well, you know, um, I don't know that I've ever seen a study that has evaluated people while they're losing weight and how they feel and how they look. I've not seen that scientific data, but it's been my anecdotal experience and your personal experience that when people are losing weight, they feel better. They feel more energetic. And when um, when scientists look at animals who are on restricted calorie calories, they do find more energy, um, uh, more useful hormone levels, less inflammation, lower, bo- lower blood fat, lower glucose. It makes sense that you would feel better. Well, and, and in human, human studies, the, the most recent human studies are finding that we have very similar results to the rats and the, and the, and the rhesus monkeys and... Uh, which are very close to humans, that we react very similarly in in our weight loss, uh, what happens to our bodies during weight loss and calorie restriction. I had the privilege of meeting four Biggest Loser contestants, uh, one of which is a gentleman named Pete Thomas, who actually won. Uh, he, he, was, he was voted off, but then he actually lost more weight than anyone else, so he actually won. And to the person... That was the fact that they felt so much better was to them the most important thing. Yeah. You know what? And I, I love that aspect of my work, John. You know, I've been counseling people in nutrition and weight loss for more than 20 years. And I just live for that, you know, to hear, oh, God, I feel so much better. I am better than I've ever felt. I wish I had done this younger, at a younger age. I wish, you know, and, you know, but that, we live for that, don't we? Well, Those but, of us but, in but not field. everyone does, though. You know, there are people, there's a lot of people in the world that eat self-destructively. I know, it's the saddest thing. Why do they and, do that? I know, it's very hard for those of us in the fitness field to figure out but, you know, if you think about it, we all do silly things. You know, that's just human. And we live in a very difficult environment. We live in a very violent world. Um, why are people violent? You know, I, I don't know. Why are people sometimes corrupt? Right. That okay. also is very confusing to me. Right. But, okay. Well, yeah, we're not going to solve No, we're not going to solve problems. those problems. But we live in a very difficult world where there's a lot of unhealthy food. It's easier to eat the unhealthy food. It's easier to be inactive in our world, as sad as that is. 
Um, Two-thirds or three-quarters of Americans are overweight or obese. And what that tells me is that we have a societal problem. Those of us who want to be thin, fit, and healthy, not thin, but fit and healthy, we're, we're, we're fighting an uphill battle. It's something that we have to make a, a solid decision about and work toward. Like you said, it doesn't come never naturally. give up. Yes, it doesn't come naturally, right, John? It's something you work toward. I'm talking to seven or 8,000 fitness instructors. What would you tell them, or, or what would you suggest that they communicate to their classes uh, in a relatively short paragraph about yo-yo dieting? I love to quote Winston Churchill because it was so memorable when he said, never, never, never give up. The quote is actually much longer than that, but that's what I've picked out of it. And I think that what's important for us in this field where we're trying to help people live healthfully in a very unhealthy world is to communicate that sometimes, I know this is difficult, sometimes you have to, over, you have to work at overcoming the odds, but it's doable. And those, those of us who want it can have it. It means that we seek out other like-minded people in our classes. You know, maybe we find some people and ask them to join, join us for a cup of coffee afterward, and we get to know them. And we hang out with the healthy people that we work out with at the gym. Ask the instructor, or the instructor can ask people if they need more support um, and give them names of registered dietitians in their area um, from the American Dietetic Association website, eatright, eatright.org, or get them a copy of my book, Diet Simple. I don't want to blow my own horn here, but people need support. We can't do it alone, and it takes a community. It really does in every aspect of life to live a good, clean, healthy life uh, nobody's perfect, though, and I'm certainly not perfect. I even have my own dietitian who's a friend in Florida, and sometimes we email each other our food records back and forth just to give each other support. <laughs> and I have friends that I contact every day and ask them to walk with me uh, because I love walking with, with friends or to bike with me or go to a fitness class with me because I love being with my friends, but being healthy and fit takes time. And so it's one of the things that I do with other people so that I can be with my friends, but do healthy and fit activities with them. You've got your new book out, Diet Simple. And I love simple. As I move forward here thinking that we've complicated things in so many respects of our lives and fitness and everything else, so simple is good. And uh, you sent me a copy uh, trying to get me set up for your interview. And as I read through it, it struck me that as an instructor, I'm constantly looking for new little tidbits, something to offer to my class. And your book, Diet Simple, has 200 of them. <laughs> or, or maybe not quite 200, 190-something, 195 of them that are short, something easy to remember, you could scratch a couple notes about, that... These are tips where you actually as ascribe a, a certain amount of weight loss to each tip. 
And uh, so can you give me a couple of examples of those uh, to give our listeners an understanding of what I'm talking about? I designed the book so that it is based on different personalities. There's 195 different tips uh, divided up for disorganized eaters, emotional eaters, people who travel a lot, people who socialize a lot, for families, for children. One tip is number 14. It's called eat, then shop. I define temptation as pushing a shopping cart down the ice cream aisle when you haven't eaten for six hours. (laughs) So that's a tip that if you shop twice a week, and if you manage to eat before leaving home, you can count on saving at least 300 calories each trip. Um, And that would cause you to lose nine pounds in a year. And believe me, one of my clients said, she probably consumed more than 300 calories in free tasting when she shopped on an empty stomach. This happens. Another client would get cravings and buy all the ingredients for coconut cake. And forgive me for reading the tip right out of my book. And uh, that's what happens when you shop and uh, don't eat before and you don't go with a list. So um, little things can really add up, and that's what my, my book is all about. Another tip is called Take Center Stage. I feature a friend of mine, Walsh, who joined an aerobics class full of women. He's the only man, which makes means he gets lots of attention and reinforcement. <laughs> so he goes to that um, fitness class. He sounds class. like he's smart. Yes, he's no dummy. <laughs> he goes to that fitness class more often. He likes the company, and I like company too. So every week I take walks with several good friends. So there's, and if, you, if you're more likely to take walks or join your fitness class because you love the, the um, community spirit of it, you like the support, that means you can lose 12 pounds in a year. And that may seem like a little, but another tip is when you sur- choose surf over turf in a restaurant, if you go to a restaurant every day, you could lose 50 pounds in a year if you follow that tip. So if you get a dog and you go for just an extra 30-minute walk every morning, you could lose 30 pounds in a year. So those are just little ways that you can um, make changes in your life that over time add up. And there are 195 of those, and I'll have a link. And I'll have a link to your book there for those that want to check it out. Have we forgotten anything, Catherine, that you'd like to add? I like to talk to people about setting goals. I like to give encouragement. I think goal setting is very important. And I, one of the things I like to get my clients to do, and I actually, if they read, one of the first things I have them do is read the beginning of my book up into page 1516 where there's a personal goal worksheet. And they find that really crystallizes what they want to achieve and that helps them every day when they think every day about what they want to achieve. It helps them. Um, And it helps them come up with more reasonable goals, goals that they can live with, changes that they can live with so that they can change their eating habits, become more fit and healthy uh, for life. 
Excellent. Catherine, how would someone, if they have questions or want to know more about you, how would they find you? Thank you so much for asking. Well, CatherineTalmage.com, and I know that's really challenging, but Catherine at CatherineTalmage.com, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-T-A-L-L-M-A-D-G-E.com. If they email me, go to my website. I have an easy way to email me or call me. And it worked. It worked. It worked for me when I first contacted you. So, hooray. Well, Catherine Talmadge, I appreciate uh, your time today and the contribution you've made to our listeners. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Well, thanks a lot. It's beautiful here. And I hope everyone else is experiencing the same beauty in today. Hi, Amy McGowan here. In my role as the official hostess of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Pro Conference, I'm inviting you to join us in Boston on September 30th, October 1st, and 2nd. This year, we're bringing you the power of Indoor Cycling 2.0 with Kaiser and Free Motion Indoor Cycles with Power, initial and advanced pre-con certifications, plus over 40 informative and entertaining sessions for instructors and studio owners. I'm really excited about our kickoff ride Friday night, featuring live music thanks to Cycling Fusion. Last year was an absolute blast, and this year promises to be even better. Participants last year asked us not to let the conference get too big or too impersonal, so we're capping registration at 200. Register today at IndoorCycleInstructor.com forward slash conference. I'm so looking forward to seeing you all this fall.